All right, so you guys know that we are paired up with flatbooks.com and we just want to take some time to remind you that if you're looking for practical, flexible resources for your music classroom, you've got to head over to flatbooks.com. That's flat-books.com and check out all of their innovative eBooks and lesson plans that can be used in your classroom today. It's so cool. You download them right to your computer um, and you can start using them immediately. And just for listening to the podcast, if you use the code MUSICCAST20, that's M-U-S-I-C-A-S-T-2-0, at checkout, you'll receive 20% off your entire purchase. All right, welcome to another episode of MUSICCAST. Today we have the Liberty High School bagpipe, what do we call them? majors, sergeant majors, leaders, um, and the director, Kevin Long, with us. Thank you guys so much for being with us. Thanks for having us. The first thing we're going to do is have you guys introduce yourselves to the audience. Just a very quick rundown of um, your role in the band and what grade you are in, and then if you play any other instruments uh, in the music program, that would be awesome. So I have Zach first on my screen. So do you want to kick us off? Sure. Um, my name's Zachary Bayman. I'm in 12th grade and I'm a pipe sergeant in the band. Um, so that means I'm like a, like a lower tier leader. Um, and I also play the cello in the orchestra. Awesome. Let's do, I have Jesse next. All right, so I'm Jesse Kolb. I'm also a senior pipe sergeant for the Bagpipe Corps. And it's kind of, kind of, it's like what Zach said, it's like a kind of second tier leader to the pipe major. And then, of course, directors up on top. But it's kind of, we kind of treat it as like a, all four of us have like equal say in kind of what happens and what we do. So I don't like to see it as a second tier kind of leadership position, but it's technically what it is very good do you play anything else in the music program um no just backpipes i love it okay we've got ethan next on my screen uh hi hi my name is ethan solinski um i'm also a bagpipe sergeant so as both jesse and zach said uh lower tier leader but as jesse said we all kind of help out and contribute equally and then I used to play trumpet as a freshman until I pulled the switcheroo. And now I'm playing bagpipes. Very nice. And your fearless leader, Elijah. Sorry, you cut out there for a second. Oh, I just said, <laughs> and your fearless leader, Elijah. Oh, uh, yeah. So I, I'm the pipe major. Uh, you can call me Eli. Most people call me Eli. My mom hates it when people call me Eli, but. Uh, <laughs> So as a pipe major, I'm just kind of uh, overseeing everything. Uh, kind of over, I see like the teaching part of it. Um, a lot of the maintenance and stuff for bagpipes, uh, like tuning reeds, or perfecting the reeds, or um, making sure the pipes are working properly, kind of comes down to me. Uh, and I just kind of work with my other leaders to decide tunes, um, what we're gonna do for each performance we have. Uh, so like football games, if we're doing pep tunes, kind of talk to them about what we're going to do next, uh, stuff like that. Um, I'm a senior and I also play piano for uh, the, or the orchestra and choir. Awesome. Thank you guys so much. So um, we have two Kevins on the call today, so I'm going to be referring to you guys with your last names, but Kevin Long, can you give us a rundown kind of of the history of Liberty's program and how you ended up with a bagpipe corps in a high school, um, something that's obviously very unique? Sure. Um, somewhere around 1967, uh, the Grenadier Band was, should I say the theme of the Grenadier Band was was implemented. Um, we were the Hurricanes prior to that, and then we became the Hurricane Grenadiers. And about two years later, maybe a year, two years, uh, the bagpipe course started. So we've been going for about 50 years, give or take, uh, having a pipe core. Um, initially, we had some pipe players from the Citadel come and help us out uh, and get things started. 
And then over the years, we've been fortunate to have a lot of local bagpipers, professional and semi-professional bagpipers that have helped us out and kept the program moving forward. And we continue to this day. So it's a pretty cool thing, a little different than most high schools. And we enjoy having these guys around. Awesome. So if you are unaware, which I imagine most of our listeners would be, the Liberty Band is based off of, and please correct me on the technicalities because it's been a minute, but you guys are modeled off of the Grenadiers in London. Okay, so we're- Yes, yeah, so help me. Okay, I'll help you out. So we're in name, we're modeled after the Grenadiers in London. Um, in visual and tradition-wise, um, we're modeled after the Coldstream Guards in London. So, they're all, without getting into it, tons, they're all part of the Foot Guards regiments. Um, the Grenadiers being the first uh, Foot Guards regiment, the Coldstream Guards are the second. Um, but that brings on the motto for us of second to none. And um, yeah, and so the traditions go our way. So we've worked with them um, quite a few times over the years and have been fortunate enough to do that and have directors and band sergeant majors and musicians from that group come over and help us out. So that's kind of the, the back history in a real little nutshell. So out of curiosity, as it kind of got going, what was the, um, what was the, the impetus for the shift? Cause it's, that's a, it's a pretty unique shift and it's, it's obviously worked because it's become tradition, but um, not many people clearly were thinking that way. So where did that, where did that initial moment come from? So the director at that time, um, had this vision he liked toy soldiers in particular british toy soldiers as a kid and when he was trying to come up with concepts um because realize this is just prior to the 70s where everything got maybe a little more kitschy or something you know i don't know exactly how to put it um but we were looking for for something to make the band unique uh, you know in a theme and he went that route and uh Actually, one particular executive director of one of uh, the United States major band festivals um, got into a conversation with him and, and he's like, you should run with that. That's like a great concept and go with it. And we did and have never turned back since. And it's, it's worked well for us over the years. So. And speaking to how well it works for you four, um, is this something that as you grow up and go through Liberty, you watch and you think I can't wait for my my chance to do that or is it something that you got to high school you started playing in band and then you keep looking over the side and seeing seeing this happen and these bagpipes play and you go "Ooh, that's where I want to be like is this something that you plan on doing as all the way through or did it catch you off guard oh I know I saw it like when I was younger a lot of people who live in Bethlehem kind of just know about uh, Liberty Band and it's always something you really look up to at least for me because um, I've been in band since uh, elementary school. Um, so like seeing the Liberty Band like play football games and seeing the drills and, and all the stuff they do, I thought was like really cool um, and something I really want to be a part of. And that's actually why I started learning bagpipes earlier, like in summer fifth grade, so I could join the Liberty Band. If I could, uh, if I could add on that too, it's kind of, if you're just going down to um to like main street or just kind of around the liberty area around like fall of any year even when like you're a young kid for me it it was really cool to see especially where i lived i heard bagpipes a lot just kind of them practicing out in their backyards and i was like wow that's cool so then in middle school when the bagpipes came to do the uh, kind of like their pitch to try to get new members I was I was all for it, and I, I love it. It's like easily the favorite instrument I've played ever. Yeah, and actually, same with me. Um, I remember when I was young, I'd like watch the parades go by, and you'd see all the the big seniors and people from high school walking through Main Street with their pipes and all the like the cool get-ups for the uniforms. <clears throat> and it was just like something you look up to and look forward to. And then when the Pipers came, like Jesse said, middle school, like we were all for it to try out. And 
it's been worthwhile. Um, for me, I was always interested in bagpipes, but when the bagpipers came, as they said, I didn't take the initial opportunity to pursue it. Um, so freshman year, and as I went to the football games, I saw all the pipes doing all this cool stuff, and I heard about all the extra stuff and gigs that they would do on the side. And I thought, wow, this is really cool. I want to be a part of this. So in the spring, as a freshman, I decided that I was going to uh, start practicing, join the bagpipes in the fall of my sophomore year. So... Ethan, I'm moderately going to put you on the spot because you mentioned them. But when you say the extra stuff or the, like, the routine things, what um, for those that don't necessarily – our listeners that don't have a gauge of that, what, what are those extra things or routines that you're talking about? So regularly we'll play the football games. We'll do all the stuff related to football, the bonfires, um, school events, that kind of stuff. And then on the side we'll also be doing – funeral gigs um it's it really depends on what we'll we'll play openings for ceremonies um celtic fest opening ceremonies we used to do that um jesse or zach if you want to help them out or assist <laughs> you're more than welcome eli i'm saving you i have something else for you um there is if we go to like super specifics, there are some things that we do do like um, uh, it might've been two times, three times we did this. We went to Hershey to play for the board of directors yeah. for the school district. Um, we do a lot of different kinds of gigs. Like we all kind of get spread out for a uh, veteran's day and nine 11 play uh, for certain ceremonies and events regarding that. Um, we play for Reads Across America. And it's kind of, we get most of those gigs kind of alert, like right after football season leading up until concert is when most of those are. And it is a lot of funerals. That's like the majority of what they are. But they vary. It varies sometimes. Sometimes you get like a, one-time thing like playing it um playing at sands or sometimes you just get another funeral it really just depends awesome and zach when you is this something that you just pick the instrument up and if you want to be a part of it you get the equipment you do your thing and you start to practice or is there an audition process to try out anything like that well for me personally it was actually really hard to to get to play the bagpipes because I played the cello, so I had no understanding of wind instruments at all. So I had to learn how to breathe. And you start off playing like a practice chanter. It's pretty much like, it's like a, a recorder, but like bagpipe version. And it helps you learn how to play your notes and get your breathing down a little bit. And then from there, you can move on to the bagpipes and then transfer your knowledge because the chanter looks the same as the pipe chanter on the actual bagpipes. Awesome. Um, Eli, in terms of, since you're, you're all seniors, but as you're, you're kind of that, that top position, have you, as you're getting ready to move on to the next phase and go to college and whatever is in the future for you, do you, do you put any thought into the fact that as you do these, all of you have spoken about how you saw this before you were in high school and you looked up to it and were excited to do it. Have you given any thought to the fact that you're actively right now probably inspiring the next use? Yeah, uh, I, I kind of think about that a lot, <laughs> how uh, we're all in the positions that we all looked up to. Like, I remember being young and like looking at this and, and like seeing something like an impossible goal or something that was so far away. But now like being in the last year of it, um, it feels really, it kind of feels weird kind of took on that role and I think um, I, do, I, I do play an active role and the entire core does in kind of inspiring the next um, I guess generation of, of pipers uh, because our core kind of depends on us teaching the new kids um, everything we know so that they can continue to teach that. Our goal is to leave 
um, the court with people who know more than us about bagpipes. So they continue the tradition because the court has been student taught uh, and student led pretty much for a very long time, basically since, since it's been created. Um, so it really depends on the pipe majors and pipe sergeants teaching everyone what they know. So we kind of do play an active role in inspiring the next uh, generation of pipers. Um, sorry, Marish, go ahead. No, um, I was just gonna ask, so could Kevin Long elaborate just a little bit? Your program itself is kind of, it, all, it feeds itself at this point. I remember being in fourth grade um, and for the listeners, I'm an, a, a Liberty alum. Um, I remember picking up the French horn in fourth grade so that I could be in the band and wear the uniform. And so it's a very conscious thing that people are aware of um, in the community. How did the culture get to the point where, you know, just kind of by existing, you're, you're recruiting as well, all the way through the district? Um, I think I have to go back to um, Ron Cherry, who was the director who got the, the Grenadier theme going. I think his vision of having a nationally competitive kind of band, um, and at that point, which has kind of made us, if you will, really unique in today's world, you know, very traditional military kind of band, um, you know, that's, that's where we're at. And he sold that image to the city. And at the same time, you had some population growth in, in the city itself. And I think he really got people excited about what the potential of the band could be, the program could be long-term. And it's, it's basically self-generated itself. You know, it, it just keeps, keeps regenerating. Um, I think one of the unique things we kind of have with the program, not just in the bagpipe court, but across the board, it's almost like we were on some level doing El Sistema before El Sistema existed. You know, we use a, uh, we use a lot of student leadership and student-driven um, education of younger members and you know it's kind of like you could be a beginning bagpiper and start in let's say january start playing and by august you may be out on the field playing your first football game right. you know there's all kinds of adjustments made so that works out but um it takes you know a lot of really involved students to propel the, the program forward. And I think that just keeps generating interest in the whole thing throughout the community. And then eventually those people become adults. And like me now, I'm having kids of my former kids. And I'm, <laughs> I'm retiring when I get grandchildren. When the grandchildren come through, that's it, I'm done. <laughs> but I'm just saying, um, you know, you get kids of kids and they're there because their mom was in the band and their dad was in the band and their uncle was in. And in, and in some cases, they didn't have me as director, um, their grandparents were in the band, etc. And it's this whole ongoing lineage. So, um, To speak to the, Kevin, to speak to the four of these guys, I think I'm a high school band director also. And one of the things I... I try and impart upon my students and I think I have very levels, varied levels of success is student leadership and student um, leadership positions kind of come with a certain reputation. And I think there's a lot of them learning how to enact it, not to just hold right. that title. Um, and it's so clear that as you listen to these four talk about it, that they really do embody it and use it wisely. Um, is that something that you see in them as they go and as they build, or is that something that, um, you work on and develop with them? It's kind of, kind of both. Um, you know, they all have to apply or audition or elected depending on the position. In, in the case of the pipe core, these guys had to audition and go through an interview process. So we've basically watched them from the time they come into the bagpipe core until it gets to that point where they're, they're stepping up for a leadership position and then um, trying to give them as much, positive enforcement to be good leaders, um, which sometimes uh, you guys know as directors, 
you try to be positive, but maybe it doesn't come off that way, you know, and then you try to back up and, and rethink how you're going to present it, but definitely continuously working with them from day one to the day they leave. And um, we try to instill in everybody, you know, you may not be pipe major, you may not be a pipe sergeant, but everything you bring to the table as an individual is really important to the success of the organization. So that's crucial for us. Awesome. And to you four, like from your perspective, and I, I, I also think that it's important to recognize this. Side. It's, it's kind of tough. It's a tough shift to go for like three years, be, be like friends and right next to each other and being like high school kids. And all of a sudden it's your pipe major or a pipe sergeant. And then you have to have a different expectation of your peers and they have to have a different expectation of you. What's that, what's that shift like, or how do you approach it as leaders? Personally, I don't, I could see how that could affect how it could have like affected how we see each other, but it really has it because through me, Eli, and Zach being in here for four years and Ethan being in here for three, we've always wanted to be better. We've always wanted to play more difficult tunes. We always wanted to play more tunes. We always wanted to improve as best as we could. So that whole mindset of constantly trying to improve and push everyone else in the core to become better never really – it if it wouldn't have been there before we were leaders, it would have had to kind of, it would have had to be implemented with us, but it, it was always there. So it really wasn't that big of a shift for us because it was, it was kind of just natural. I think that's one of the best answers you possibly could have given, because I think one of the things that I notice in different places that I've either gone to school or been on staff and things like that is if there's this culture of, I want drum major or I want leader or I want this thing. That's where that weird fluctuation of power struggle makes it sound bigger than it is, but that weird kind of like finding those roles is difficult. But the fact that all of you just have this mentality of we just want to be better is, is great. And the way that you talk about it in terms of, I like the three of you, Ethan, Zach and Jesse introduce yourselves and say, it's kind of a secondary leadership thing. And then Eli introduces himself and doesn't even say, anything all about his, but it's, it speaks a lot to the team that you four seem to have. Um, out of curiosity, when we talk about the, uh, the pipes, how many students are we talking in that you are all kind of overseeing? I want to say it's around 12 at the moment, 12 or 13. Keep going. 17. Yeah. 17? Well, if we're not including us, it's 12 or 13. Yeah. But there are, there are around 17 kids Probably the this year. Um, I think the most we've ever had are 24. Wow. 24, so. And just so, um, again, listeners know, the leadership and the structure um, within the band that we keep referring to is so important because I don't know what your current band numbers are, but it's – a fairly large band. We're talking close to 300 kids, right? Am I? Yeah. In a normal year. I mean, in this COVID year, like all programs, we've all taken a hit and understandably, but normally we're somewhere we average about 250. So a little bit higher, a little bit less. There have been years when we've been up to as many as 310, um, which is, yeah, a lot of kids. <laughs> so I think about running my program, which is, you know, 85 orchestra kids or whatever and without my students i'd be losing my mind so i often think back to how you guys did it <laughs> and having this conversation is you know it's it's amazing that the the students step up and they want that role and they take it as seriously as they do and that it's self-sufficient um i have a, a physical i've never played bagpipe question for you and this might be a dumb question but um I know that the structure and how you do performances and things like that are a little different, but when you're doing the normal like football game kind of stuff um, to me as a win player, one of the things I find that I can't completely wrap my head around is kids so constantly ingrained the idea of how they breathe with how they move. And from the nature of the bagpipes, it's so fundamentally different. 
is that like is it weird is the breath as connected to the movement in the way that I would think of it as a saxophone player or a clarinet player um I think for breath uh technique is really just get the air in the bag in any way you can um a lot of the times because like starting out uh especially if you're late on the roll off or if you're not paying attention when you start hearing the drums go you just kind of almost hyperventilate into your bag to get as much air in there as possible now when, when you're actually playing it it's a bit different um some people like to do long uh long big breaths and then they kind of air that they just put inside let it kind of run through or some people like keeping short controlled breaths um it's really up to whatever way you're, you're most comfortable especially uh and a lot of people ask if there's like a special way like special embouchure to have in your blow stick when getting the air in uh too and really it's just like whichever way you can get air in the pipes and still be able to kind of function i guess um is, is the best way um especially and because everyone's read is different also so it's all different difficulties uh, some people on it and it would play and then the other people's reads are like uh you gotta have you need to like lift like 200 pounds with your left arm to be able to <laughs> to get any, anything out of the bag. Um, so really it's just, it's just depending on the person. I'm just, something cut out a little bit. I apologize if you're, I'm just repeating what you just said, Eli, but when you talk about the, uh, the variety of reads and things like that, that's partially personal preference as well. What exactly is the, what's the, what's the difference in the reads that you can potentially have? Well, uh, every read that we have is a cane read. Um, and we usually use G1s, uh, Shepherds. Um, you guys can jump in if, if you know any other. I was going to say, and everybody's going, what's a G1 or a Shepherd? <laughs> um, those, are, those are just the brands of reads. But um, like uh, a bagpipe read is similar to an oboe read, how it's, it's got two like reads on either side of it. I don't really know how to describe that. It's a double read. Yeah, a double read. Um, like an oboe or bassoon. Anyways, they can be thicker or thinner, and that changes the hardness of the read and how easy or hard it is to play. And then some brands just have different varying like of quality and hardness. Is it super exciting to take care of in the outdoor elements the colder it gets with a double read? Because... Um, I when I went to high school I didn't have an oboe or bassoon so when I would go to district and things like that I just saw all of the oboe and bassoon players with their their little like the empty pill bottles with the water and I thought man mine is way easier and I'm glad I picked what I picked but now you guys take it outside uh it's a bit interesting <laughs> depending <laughs> on the weather you can change your key um bagpipes are super finicky um so I went to a bagpipe camp in North Carolina. One of the guys, he's been playing there for like 30 years, and he says he's still not sure if his pipes are going to play properly when he takes them out of his case. Um, so uh, usually the more humid it is, the different sound, it's really dry, you get a different sound. It, they're super temperamental, and I think it's part because they have four reeds in them. Um, and even all four reeds are like almost tuned to perfection. So you'll shave your reed uh, to get your... Uh, so to get the difficulty you want, and then you'll adjust your drone reads. There's a band on there, um, so drone reads um, kind of look like little cylinders, and they have like a um, a like a tongue on the side. So this is like the thing. The tongue is like right here on, on the right side, and it goes up the entire thing. And there's an elastic band that you can adjust, and, and you can put it up however far you want on, onto the band onto the uh, flapper. No, not the flapper tongue um see what see what difficulty you want and how much air you let through um and then you can have different valves have a goose valve uh, and this goes under your blow stick um, and basically valves are in there so to keep the air from coming back out of the pipe because that would kill you um so the um you can have a goose valve in there which catches your spit and stops the air coming out or you can have a flapper valve which doesn't catch your spit um so there's so many different parts of a pipe that can really just kind of change uh, everything about it. And all those parts have to work together perfectly, or at least close enough to perfect to get some sound out. Um, it's really common right before we play that, uh, like four people will say their drones aren't working, or someone will say they re just decided not to play today. Um, or someone will just be in a completely different key. Uh, like we shoot to go to 466 hertz on our A, uh, 90 for, 
no reason whatsoever. <laughs> so it's it's a really finicky instrument. Yeah, if I were to talk from personal experience, I have two personal experiences where this was like very apparent. One was freshman year, we played the Miss America Parade uh, in Atlantic City. So you were right next to the ocean and that ocean weather and the ocean air just messes with the pipes so much. My, personally, so my reed like shot up like an entire octave and couldn't really do anything about it because we were lining up the block, setting up and we were about to march off and then realized that the reed is just toast. And then um, one time, I think it was the same year I was playing for Reeds Across America with Zach and it was really, really cold. It was like the middle of December. So if you don't like hold where your channel read is, it will freeze up and you won't be able to play at all. It's like, it's, you have to maintain like a temperature equilibrium in your pipes best you can, depending on the weather so that you can at least try to make, sometimes at least make a sound and then hope to make the best sound possible. It's kind of like a prepare for the worst and just hope for the best. I think the one thing you can see from what these guys are saying, when we have the band together and the wind band is in the back and the bagpipes march up front, I pretty much have to trust them with tuning the pipe core and dealing with any kind of problems um, and not getting caught up with them because I'm prepping the other part of the band. And so you need really efficient, getting back to the leadership thing, um, great leaders who can, you know, they can solve the, the mechanical problems, they can solve the tuning problems and, um, and just trust that they're gonna do that. And that's, that's a really great thing to know that's gonna happen and you don't have to worry about it. It's just, I was thinking the same thing as we go, I'm just in terms of normal wear and tear of brass instruments or woodwind instruments and things like that. I'm just thinking of the level of understanding of how to fix different things that a lot of students come in. And the way the four of you speak about the bagpipes, you just have such an in-depth knowledge of how, and to Jesse's point, it seems like it, you just have to, otherwise eventually something's not going to work and things like that. Is that something you kind of, I mean, as leaders, I know you're there for the, the underclassmen. Is that just something you learn by doing as you go through? So you become a part of pipe core and then, your leaders teach you how to take care of things you start doing it on your own or does like the read maintenance more fall to the four of you and then they learn as they continue through yeah um over time like when we were freshmen we didn't really know anything but like through the years you kind of pick up what the seniors are doing because they're the typically the most knowledgeable people and you kind of learn from them so like with read maintenance um uh, we learned how to maintain our reeds well over time and like shave them down and make them playable. And like, we even get like help from professional bagpipers when they come in because sometimes that happens and they can help us, you know, just try to be as best as we can. And that kind of goes for all pipe maintenance in general, like just making sure we sound good and tune well and play together as a whole. Awesome. So I'm, I'm going to switch gears unless you have anything else on that front. Okay. So, um, I know like as directors, a little bit of everywhere, everyone kind of refers to the, the magic of the uniform. So, um, what happens when you, you know, suit up and you actually go and put on your show, whether it's a, a football game or it's your big annual concert. Um, but I mean, we even discuss it, you know, we'll have a horrible, dress rehearsal, but we know as soon as everyone's on stage in their outfits and whatever, it's gonna hopefully go a little bit better. I wanna talk specifically about the uniforms a little bit because they are so unique. Um, so let's start there, but then I have a follow-up question to that as well. So can someone just describe what you guys are, are wearing for your typical high school band uniform as a bagpiper? So kit A rather than kit B or C. Right. Okay. Uh, Eli, you want to take this one? Yeah. So we wear, um, so we're starting from the bottom. Uh, we have, you know, your normal black shoes. Uh, and the one good thing about being a bagpiper is you don't need to have like, I don't know, particularly nice black shoes as long as they're black because they get covered up 
um, by the, uh, the spats. Um, and what the spats are, they're basically uh, just like these white things that strap around your ankle uh, and your shin, and they go above your shoe. Um, they kind of cover all that up. And then you wear your hose, uh, which go up to your knees. Um, yeah, those are the knee socks. <laughs> and on top of those, you have your flashes, and they're like little flags that kind of go around like under your knee. Um, and then you have the kilt, which I, which is my favorite part of the uniform. Yeah. It just feels much better than, you know, playing in, in, in whatever else. Um, so <laughs> you have the kilt, um, and then we have a black tunic. Um, and then we have our, uh, plate and our plate is like a really cool thing. Cause kind of have to learn how to, uh, to tie it correctly and, and put it on correctly. It's basically, it looks kind of like a cape coming off of her shoulder. Um, uh, we're modeled exactly after the Scots Guard. So if, well, I think we were, I think they changed up their uniform a bit. Um, no? Nope. Yeah. <laughs> so exactly. I'll yeah, some pictures up with your description as well so people can see what you're referring to. But yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and um, if you're the pipe major, you get to wear a sheath, not a sword, um, not sheath. Uh, sword belt, sash, a sword belt, um, and you could, and that was pretty cool. Um, and uh, and also you wear a sporn, um, which is basically like, um, kind of just, kind of wear like a fanny pack, <laughs> um, but it has like horse hair on it, um, and it and it goes like uh, right in front of your stomach, um, and that just goes uh, on top of the kilt, um, and then you wear the ostrich feather hat. Uh, the fe uh, sorry the feather bonnet <laughs> um, and that's like maybe like an extra foot extra foot and a half on top of your head um and yeah so it's it's a really cool uniform when you wear it you definitely feel uh, like a different person um or at least you feel a bit more um i, I can't find the word to describe it it's just like when, when you're playing pipes and you're walking around and you're wearing this huge uniform like it's kind of intimidating uh, for people who like are looking at you because you can't really see your eyes because like you know the feathers are hanging over them you look like a foot taller because of the hat and you have like this you have like a cape coming off your shoulder um but really like kind of gives off sometimes like people might be afraid to talk to us or, or might be intimidated but we're just we're really just kind of all friends and, and the uniform it can be a bit deceiving sometimes because it makes us to be out uh to be like these huge people and really just you know can can you talk a little bit about the um the pride that comes with wearing the uniform because at least within bethlehem i know you know people see whether it's the wind band or the bagpipes um suited <clears throat> up it means something to the community so can you guys feel that as you're a part of it or or did you recognize it when you were younger before you were a part of the band and what does that mean to you now um it's definitely it definitely is a really good feeling when you have the full uniform on and you have an audience that really kind of appreciates everything like the whole uniform and kind of what you do for the community but um yeah even even as like a kid it's it's not normal to see a full bagpipe corps in um in your town like that even if you because like typically you see high school bands are they have nothing close to a bagpipe corps at all and kind of just knowing that you have such a unique and interesting organization part of your town and there are very few of them in high schools around the country it's 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 really like amazing to have and when you have the uniform it kind of you have to you have to embody all the people that came before you it set the legacy of the band and you kind of just have to continue it and it really it's 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 like a mind it's, it's, I wouldn't say it's like a mind changing thing, but it, it changes how you think and you become a lot more conscious of what impact you have on others. I, I love that answer. And I'm thinking back to my time now, and you can tell me if, um, 
this is still a thing, but we would get done with a parade or whatever. And then if you wanted to go out and be in public, we had to change before we had to go. Um, and as a kid, I was just like, you know, this is dumb. Just let me go hang out with my friends, whatever. But now it makes so much sense because when you wear the uniform, you are a mascot for the organization, which carries so much respect with it as well. Kevin, go ahead. I was just, I mean, we had the moderate same experience and everything going on right now with all of the, um, the COVID precautions and things like that. There was a while where we didn't even know if we were going to have football. So we didn't really worry about uniforms for a while this year. And then once they came up, um, it was a big debate because I worried about putting kids in uniform and storing uniforms in terms of like what can hold in fabrics and putting them in uniform room. And we finally came down to it where we thought, you know what, let's just, let's blitz it as fast as we can and put them in uniform. And it really does. You just watch the kids you guys like feel different stand a little taller and look a little uh more proud and we don't have anything near i strongly encourage anyone that is listening if you are especially if you're a marching man person to take a look at um either liberty's website or the f flat website for this uh because we'll put up a link of pictures and it truly is there's like you don't see anything like uh the the pipe uniforms there but our drum majors who put on it's the same uniform but white but you can just see the difference in how they carry themselves and hold themselves so um it's very cool i like the way i said jesse about kind of taking on the persona of everything that came before you it's very neat um kevin long can you speak a little bit just while we're still in uniforms what does maintenance of these uniforms look like? I'm thinking back to my brother when the new uniforms came in during his time and the feather bonnets were new just before my time. Um, what does that look like in terms of finances and student care and brasso and whitening and all that kind of well, stuff? Yeah, so we're really fortunate. Let me start here. We're really fortunate that the same company that makes the uniforms for the guards bands in England makes our uniforms. And so the uniforms are 99% the same, um, what's being worn in the UK and what's being worn over here by our, by our students. So having said that, they're a little bit more expensive than maybe your average band uniform would be, a high school band uniform. Um, and that requires the students really to keep you know, an eye on things. Um, if a button falls off, if a seam seems to be letting go, um, you know, and, and getting it to, we actually have a seamstress for the band who does all the maintenance for it. Um, so every student is fitted by the seamstress. Every student has their uniform adjusted by the, the seamstress. And of course, all that involves funding um, from our band parent organization the school district purchases the uniforms, et cetera, but the band parent organization um, takes care of the seamstress financially as far as adjusting the uniforms and hemming pants and, um, you know, taking seams in and out and all that kind of stuff. So it does get to be expensive, but on the same line, we kind of instill in the kids the pride of the uniform. And that means that you're not just throwing it into a heap on the floor, you're hanging it up every time. Um, simple things like we don't wear pants, we wear trousers. Um, you know, the tunic is not a costume. Um, it, it's a uniform and therefore treat it like a uniform, not just like a costume, et cetera, et cetera. And, and the kids are really good about it. You know, I mean, you always have a few, you have to get on board along the way, but I think they all take a lot of pride in what they're wearing and make sure that it's maintained and then the upperclassmen make sure the underclassmen are wearing things properly. And if somebody's not wearing something properly, I probably go to Eli first and go take care of whoever. And then Eli either goes directly to that person or to one of the other guys basically says, you know, you need to explain to this person what needs to be done, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and a lot of times, you know, when you get a young kid in who's 13 years old they don't wear the uniform the same way an 18 year old does you know so it, it's um it's a learning curve for them but i think it's a good learning curve that carries through with the rest of, you know the rest of your life really how you present yourself and putting your best foot forward so yeah so i hope that answered your question yeah absolutely and yeah. to that point that you just made um 
and the students, you guys can answer this as well. What do, or how do you think that being in this, the, the organization either as not a leader or now as a leader is going to impact your future? What, what do you think the band has offered you that you might not have been able to receive elsewhere in your education? Um, for me, I think, I think the bagpipes, it attracts a really, really diverse group of people. Um, all the leaders can speak to this. Um, ethnic, religious, socioeconomic backgrounds, it, it all differs. Um, and you get to interact with a lot of different cultures and obviously the Celtic culture when you're playing the bagpipes that you might not have been introduced to had we not joined bagpipes and I find myself being so much more open to new experiences and experiencing new people and I find I would not have probably been as open to that had I not joined bagpipes. Yeah, I would also say um, it it really kind of sets you up to be a good leader for any kind of opportunities you see in the future just because of how unique it is because the core it's a smaller group than of course the band is or most other things at least if you're counting us four there's 17 and that means you have to you have to make sure they're all kind of on board and moving forward and trying to progress. And you have to, you're, you are still in high school and you are still in a band. So you have to get along with these people because you see them all the time. And it's not like something you can, um, you have to, even if you may not like one person, you have to get along with them and you still have to work with them. So I think that aspect of leadership definitely, it's really apparent in the core and even in each individual section in the band. But you can, if you do take a leadership position in the core, it, it sets you up because you kind of, you kind of learn the ropes of really, of taking a high profile organization under your wing and making sure it runs smoothly and making sure it improves in some kind of way. Yeah, and it's it's like a big family almost. And even just like from the question, even just knowing the bagpipe is already a big takeaway. But then you know all these new people too and so many more connections and just relationships with people you never thought you'd have. Just to add on to Jesse. Are you like the most proud band director right now? Like this, this just warms my heart listening to this. Yeah, this. yeah. I, I was gonna say, uh, you know, if it wasn't COVID, we'd be having the giant group hug right at the moment. <laughs> so no, these, you know what? I can't say enough, honestly, about all our kids. I'm not, and I'm sure you guys are the same way. I mean, band kids, orchestra kids, it's a tremendous group of people. And, and honestly, um, I, there hasn't been a day I didn't want to go to work, you know? So, yeah. You guys are all right. <laughs> well, we've um, kept you for quite a long time, which is awesome. Um, and I've enjoyed hearing my co-host, Kevin, um, ask you guys questions from an outsider's perspective. I love introducing the band to folks who don't know about it. Um, so before we wrap up, Kevin, do you have any other questions? I'm just thinking of a few of my, um, my more ambitious students that I know listen to this at different points. And I'm just trying to think of when this comes out because it's a matter of time before they walk in and say, so bagpipes, and then this will <laughs> be something that I'll have to, um, so if you get random emails from people in my district, I sent them and you can, uh, you guys can respond however you want. Um, I mean, I think from a, from a tradition that I have not seen or experienced, um, but I've heard about a little bit from Marissa, it's awesome to 
hear how much goes into it. And quite honestly, as much as the music stuff is really cool to listen to, just hearing the four of you speak as seniors and leaders, um, it's awesome to hear what you have in place because I don't want to speak for your director, but as a director, um, the student leadership is a piece that it can make or break those years and really just makes you love going to work and makes the band all the more successful. So the fact that you all know where you fit in there and are really taking it to the nth degree is really cool to see. Very well said. Yeah. yeah. So if people want to find more of you guys, we are going to link up um, your website and um, the Bethel Mary school district website and all that sort of thing. But do you guys have social media? Do you have upcoming performances that um, you can speak about? Um, social media, there is a Facebook page. Um, you're probably better off visiting the, the band webpage. Okay. Um, and that's, that's probably the most up-to-dated. As far as performances go, everything is so limited or it's, you know, we're pre-recording something. Um, for instance, the, the Bethlehem tree lighting for Christmas is coming up and we'll be pre-recording some music for that outside, um, I think later this week. And so that'll appear, you know, down the road um, when we, as we hit Advent or et cetera. So um, we're trying to still figure out what we're gonna do for our spring band concert, which is normally huge. Um, so that might become an outdoor event a little bit later in the year, but not too late, cause then I'll lose these guys to everything else and they'll go graduate and I'll be sad, sorta. <laughs> no, <laughs> they know I'm kidding. Um, but yeah, so it, it's kind of a tough one to figure out, you know, everything that's coming or how it'll be. Sure. No, I think everyone understands that. Um, but we will certainly link up also some of the big performances that you've had from the past few years because um, the program has been seen um, in Hawaii and at the Rose yeah. Parade and um, the Miss America Parade and all that kind of stuff. So we'll also post some of those so people can check cool. out the band pre-COVID as well. Um, Thank you so much for taking your Sunday morning to speak to us. I think uh, our audience is just going to absolutely love um, hearing about something so unique. And in a lot of cases, because the company that this podcast is for is based out of Philly, um, I think they're going to love hearing about something so close to home as well. So thank you so, so much. Yeah. Thank you.